Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. No Strick, it's Austin and Bach with you here during On the Block for the next hour and a half or so. Clemson, 17 seconds away from atoning for the 2008 Gator Bowl with the win in the 2023 Gator Bowl. <laughs> Is that what they're thinking about? That's exactly what Dabo's thinking about. You can see it in his eyes. Bach, you watched the highlight just the same as me. You saw him jumping up and down, oh, the yeah. hugs, the fist pumps. 2008 Nebraska was on Dabo's mind. Oh, he's just lucky and Dominican Sue's not out there. <laughs> <laughs> so lucky. Yeah, Clemson 38 and Kentucky 35. 17 seconds to go in a wild back-and-forth Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville. Bach, you were just making the point that, you know, you watch the Alamo Bowl, you watch the Holiday Bowl, you watch the Gator Bowl. Man, I remember seeing Nebraska in all three of those games. Yeah, it's, it's, and immediately that's what I think of is Nebraska's bowl games that they've been to, and, and you know their their opportunities to go to those trips or the the opponents they played. It's it, you know it, it, we all know it, so it doesn't bear repeating. But man, it would just be nice to go to a bowl game. The, this, I, I, I say it all the time. Like when I was growing up, that was like the tradition. I'd always go over mm-hmm. to my family's house. Like we could prepare. For a bowl game, it was like a yearly. The, the weather's bad, but at least Nebraska's, you know, finishing off their season. And now, you know, you haven't been since 2016 and just coaching staff after coaching staff. It's just, it's it, 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 it it's like Bizarro World, um, but it's not, it's less and less bizarre every year, which makes me a little bit more sad every year. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. I get the people that argue for bowl bloat and there's too many of them, but games like this are not included, right? I, you can tell me there's too many games between six and six teams, maybe the odd seven and five team. But like these teams that win, you know, seven and five in the SEC, eight and four in the ACC, these bowl games are fun. We need more yeah. of these matchups. Well, they're <laughs> we're like burning live mascots and toasters now. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, it, it, part of it's like, just don't take it too seriously. Nobody is. And that's what that does. There is an adjustment to how you view bowl games now. Mm-hmm. I think with everybody sitting out and uh, I always say this, my, my former co-worker, uh, a former co-host here, would say that bowl games didn't matter because they're a month, you know, he'd almost remove them from the the record. And I would say, that's not fair. You know, I'd, I'd include them because I think they, they used to have such a big part in college football, mm-hmm. um, despite all the, the, the differences, uh, you know, from them to a regular season game. Now, I, that's exactly what I do. Now, I just say, yeah, it's basically an exhibition, uh, a lot of extra practices, and you get a lot of, you know, your younger players and, and like we're seeing different Freshman, five-star freshman start for Oklahoma and, and and Tennessee coming up. And so there's still like there's still value in it, but it's not mm-hmm. quite this is the best of Missouri versus the best of Ohio State tonight. That's not right. what this game is. No, and we'll get to that game when we get to our, our New Year's Six preview. We will include that one in there. Clemson should have just iced the game there. The fourth turnover game from Kentucky. Interception from Devin Leary should about end this. If I asked you... Who ends up with a better college career? I give you Kate Klubnick and Drew Aller. Who are you taking? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I'd probably go with Drew Aller at this point. Two former five-star quarterbacks, mm-hmm. by the way. Hopefully, Dylan Ryle is the answer to all these questions <laughs> Correct. in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they've both got uh, a, a good opportunity moving forward. Clemson just is still at that point. Like, and they're going to win this game and finish nine and four in top twenty-five and all. But I still feel like their fan base is, a, you know, it might be looking for somebody to 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 take the fall once again mm-hmm. if Davos starts struggling, and I could see Klubnik being that guy. Um, 
Aller, though, I mean, it's kind of the same with Penn State. At some point, they've got to beat Ohio State or Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, again, you're going to start calling for different names, but um, two young quarterbacks with very bright futures. Absolutely, and you made a great point. Hopefully, Dylan Riola is the answer. Um, we have a question from Al on the text line. He says, or asks, where will the Husker football team be in 365 days? Jacksonville? <sighs> Tampa? San Antonio? <laughs> Pasadena? Again, I would, I mean, I'd start, that That kind of goes with what are your expectations for this, se- this upcoming season, obviously. And I, uh, while my hope is for it to significantly improve and all this Dylan Riola hype, I don't like the fact that, you know, I don't want to get, put the card down in front of the horse. <laughs> and, you know, I think we've got to allow Dylan room to grow, room mm-hmm. to make mistakes. And so I'm almost, and I, before Dylan, it was like, if you brought in, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. Cause if you brought in Kyle McCord, I'd be right there saying like, well, you need to get eight wins. And I want to see in a, in a better bowl. I don't want to see the pinstripe bowl. I want to see the Gator bowl with Dylan, a freshman starting, give me the pinstripe bowl. I don't care. I just want a bowl game. I think that would be deemed a success for Nebraska. So you're saying in 365 days, they'll be in Lincoln, right. but they will be on the tail end of a trip from New York or Detroit. That's, that's probably, that's, that's what I would say. It's probably fair at this point. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's kind of turn the page here a little bit. I want to get to this in our, our last few minutes here of this hour. Some of the biggest stories of the year in sports. We'll talk accomplishments in a little bit. But the biggest you know stories and moments of the year, the first one that stands out to me, maybe it's you know because it's close to home and there's some bias, the Big Ten scandals. Mm. You know, three of them that really dominated the year. You start with Northwestern taking up national headlines over the summer with everything going on at their camp and Pat Fitzgerald. You move into Mel Tucker, taking up a couple weeks of airwaves. And above Michigan State, again, push the side, little brother. Here comes Big Brother Michigan with the cheating scandal. That wasn't just a Big Ten thing. It wasn't just a Michigan thing. But the number of schools that were involved in the Michigan cheating scandal, we just heard Isaiah Bond say they can't watch film on their own iPads. Yeah. You know, and Strick, I posted a clip of that from the show yesterday, why Strick thinks that, that the deal is. But, Bach, I really think that Big Ten football was maybe the biggest national college football story just with how many times Big Ten teams were in the news. Yeah, not necessarily for for good reasons, like you're mentioning, um, but particularly Michigan. I mean, I think, you know, these scandals do happen. I mean, Penn St- I mean, obviously, Northwestern was a shocker just because Pat Fitzgerald was one of the stables of the sport, mm-hmm. not just in the Big Ten being at Northwestern. Um, and there's a nice, like, story to how that all turned out with David Braun mm-hmm. leading to them to eight victories is, is, is incredible. But... Um, yeah, I mean, and, and those other things are, you know, it, there's rarely a year, like, it, it's crazy because I always kind of think of, okay, well, who's on the hot seat? Who's this? And then, like, you go through the coaching cycle, the calendar, and they think, well, that's it. And then, you know, by August or September next year, you might have a different coach at, at a university within the Big Ten. So it's crazy how many of these have happened since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Obviously, a big year for that. Um, but Michigan, that, that's the story of college football. It's crazy be, between that and Dion. Like this right. 2020, mm-hmm. 20, 2023, excuse me, is it, if you, if you kind of just blanket statement, what is that about? It's about Dion being at Colorado, the start that they Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Add the fact that the sports world, not just college football, was surrounding, you know, it was all about that. And then Michigan, and, and I think the Michigan stuff could go away a little bit more so if they ever lost the game, right? But they just keep winning. Now they're the number one seed for the playoff. Mm-hmm. And it's just this very awkward, like, everybody's predicting Harbaugh to go. You know, we we still don't know what the, the punishment's going to be for all this stuff, if there's going to be more severe. Just this very awkward, we're kind of waiting. Um, uh, but I, I kind of embrace it. I like Michigan being the bad guys. I think that they have probably used a few tactics uh, to get to where they, they want to be. But uh, Michigan, a good Michigan team, a competing Michigan team, to me is better for college football. Um, and, and Harbaugh's just as interesting as ever. You get, I think the college football playoff is another big story as well. But really just because of what happened a few weeks ago with Florida State being left out, right? I think that's the other big national story in college football that you know people are going to remember this year for is for the first time in a decade, an undefeated conference champion got left out. They played 13 games, they won them all, and oh, convenient, it happens to be on the heels of the 12-team playoff, right? Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not going to do this trick, ooh, anything yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> I get the committee's argument for it, but Florida State's journey under Mike Norvell from you know struggling to get bowl eligible to a nine-win year last year to should have been in the college football playoff this year, the fact that they were left out, and not just left out, but left out for Alabama, that's another big story here at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I do. I mean, I, I do think that it is partially like this. Um, like, like, I think it gave them, the, the committee, a little bit more room to say, hey, we've already got the problem fixed, so let's kind of create a problem with it, you know, because there's no, there's no <laughs> right. reason to get a resolution. You already have it. Mm-hmm. But it to me, I, I do, I think that they did Florida State so dirty, um, especially, you know, and you could say, well, if you if you step step back and say, well, the college football playoff had these these sort of uh, measurements and injuries can play in and all that. Okay, if you if you go by that, like the writing on the way that they determine these these teams, maybe that's maybe you have a different argument there. But to me, this was always an especially expanding to four teams was to eliminate an undefeated power five team not mm-hmm. getting an opportunity. It, it had mm-hmm. happened a few times in the past. Uh, under systems where you'd have the two best teams play in the BCS, or obviously before that when you didn't even have that, uh, and it was it never felt fair. And I thought we were we were past that, and to have, so to have an injury even play into them making that decision, um, it 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 it's still it it still saddens me. Especially you know, and I'm not a Florida State fan, but it's just you know that's one of those teams too that I think college football is better off. To have Florida State in the discussion. Do I think that it would have done better for ratings? Do I think that they'd have a legitimate shot? Not necessarily, but that's part of the fun is the team mm-hmm. that nobody gives an opportunity to, but they have, a, you know, Jared versus that defense. They have um, a lot of playmakers. You don't just waltz your way into 13-0. and 0. They would have a, a battle in front of them, but man, would it have at least been worth uh, that story to me, I still, I won't get over it. You don't waltz your way to 13 and no. You also don't waltz your way to 30. That's the number of wins Florida Atlantic reached. Another story that I think has kind mm. of flown under the radar. I think there were two big stories from March Madness. Florida Atlantic making the run to the Final Four and one possession away from the National Championship game. But of course, Fairleigh Dickinson. The mm. smallest team in major college basketball toppling the largest player yes. in college basketball. Literal David versus Goliath produced postseason struggles continue. The second one over 16 upset. Tobin Anderson's 
The more we watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat them. Comment. March Madness, I think it was it was a fine tournament. It was okay. But I think it's flown under the radar, and I still don't think we appreciate the magnitude of not only the David Goliath, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue, but what Florida Atlantic did, the run they made out of that conference. Yeah, it, w- it was exciting, and it's extended, obviously, into this year where they were still you know, a top-10 team with a big victory mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think those stories come every year in March Madness. There, there's a lot of fun uh, kind of stories you could tell from them. I do think, you know, sometimes you get spoiled. The year before, we had... Duke, North Carolina in the final <laughs> four in Kansas and North Carolina. I mean, you, if, if, I, if, if you're a college basketball fan, you can't script it any better than that. Mm-hmm. So you end up with, you know, what was it? San Diego State and mm-hmm. UConn. UConn's, a, you know, but it wasn't, it's, it doesn't even feel like the UConn of old. UConn is not a blue blood. I've given my rant on that. I will not do it again. <laughs> They're a new blood. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, yeah, I mean those those moments are are, are good. The o- the only other thing though is that Matt Painter and Purdue never win. Like they, like so it was it was like shocking, but at the same time not surprising. Right. So it kind of hurt the that 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 story a little bit there. But do I do think that at FAU more so than anybody uh, would be that story again because sometimes it's like you know sometimes those stories are like one player just has to go off and um you know you could tell that they're the, uh, a, mm-hmm. an inferior team but they just need a miraculous performance. FAU, as that tournament kept going, you're like, they, they've got a legitimate shot here. Mm-hmm. They're a, they're a legit team. Yeah. Right? They're, they're not a Cinderella. They didn't feel like it by the end, especially. Um, if I'm going to put money on anything in the NCAA tournament this year, it's that Purdue gets a two seed and they lose to a 15. <laughs> they would complete it. Painter has lost to a 13, a 14, and a 16 mm. in the last five years. He's due for a 15. Yeah. Bring it on. That's my take. Um, the last kind of moment or story that I think will stick with me from 2023, Bach, Shohei Otani. It starts back in late spring, early summer at the World Baseball Classic. He's doing his two-way thing for Team Japan, who ends up winning the WBC. Faces his Angels teammate, Mike Trout. Strikes him out in battle, the two best players on planet Earth. That's incredible. And then the $700 million contract that he's only seeing $2 million per year from. The Dodgers are doing it again. Shohei Otani might be like the sports story of 2023, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I could definitely, definitely see that again. What is, what is, you know, good to see him go to the Dodgers. Half of baseball fans are celebrating because the only, the only part that's got a missing in that story is, Oh, what happened to him? And you know, what his team's doing <laughs> in the playoffs? Well, right. they never make the playoffs and he did get injured a little bit, unfortunately, um, but still an incredible year. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean the, the money that's, that's kind of being thrown around and, 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 and if anybody deserves it, it's absolutely him. So, um, you know, he's, he's a major story um, moving forward. And certainly from this year, uh, I can't wait to see what happens with the Dodgers. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're basically, I suppose, the new Yankees, right? Where the right. Yankees used to be the team that just bought everybody. The Dodgers are that team now. <laughs> and there's no bigger example of that than Otani. Text line, give us your biggest sports story of 2023. What's the one that's going to stick with you? And if it's a certain sport, let us know. If you have a couple from different sports, also let us know. 402-464-5685. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Get in on the action as well. Leave a comment on the stream. If that's where you're watching, it'll pop up, and we'll get to that. Um, A couple moments, a couple accomplishments, I think, to round out the year. Uh, LeBron breaks the scoring record. Jokic gets a title for Denver. Ronald Acuna with the baseball rule changes makes history. We'll dive into those for just a couple minutes here to wrap up Hour 1 of On the Block.